every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I declare over our city of Melbourne, I declare over the state of Victoria, I declare over the nation of Australia, the Lordship of, our, of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I declare also, say, Lord, let your kingdom come over our lives, over this city, over this state, over this nation, and your will be done in the name of Jesus Christ. As it is in heaven on earth, there's no COVID in heaven, so there cannot be COVID even here on earth, especially if we refuse to allow it. There's no pandemic in heaven. So we cannot allow it in heaven, especially those of us who are heaven's ambassador here on earth. So we refuse it. We reject it. We take a stand against it in Jesus' name. I want you to bow your heads right now and start to talk to the Lord. What exactly are you expecting of the Lord this morning? What do you want? What, 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 have you, what are your expectations? What do you want him to do for you? Ask him to open your eyes to see, your ears to hear, your hearts to know what the Spirit of God is saying. Tell him you don't want to remain the same. The Bible says that the blind met with him and their eyes were opened. The dumb met with him, they spoke. The sick encountered him, they were made whole. And that will be our lot and our portion this morning. In the name of Jesus, everyone under the sound of my voice, wherever you may be, within this city, out of, outside this city, outside this nation, you will never be the same again. You will never be the same again because Jesus is here and his spirit is filling my soul and his spirit is at work in your situation and your circumstance. You will never be the same again. Once again, Lord, we welcome you. Thank you so much for the empowerment that you're giving to your people. Thank you as you take over and speak through me. Let your people hear your voice, not my voice, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be revelation. Let there be impartation. Let there be transformation of lives, of situations, of circumstances. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We have prayed. Amen. Praise God. This morning again we'll continue on what we've been looking at for quite a while now. Entitled the four dimensions of church life. And this morning we'll be looking at celebrating Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'll take us back to the scriptures we've been looking at also. Numbers chapter number 10 from verse 1. Numbers chapter 10, verse number 1. It reads, and I quote, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Please note that. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Verse number 7. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Let's go to verse number 7. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow. When the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow. First dimension assembly, but not sound the advance. Second dimension of church life advance. I've explained this numerous times. Let's verse number eight. Uh, verse number eight. Then the, the sons of Aaron the priest shall blow the trumpets, 
and this shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Meaning that it wasn't something to end with Israel. Something to continue forever according to the word of the Lord. Remember, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse number 9. And it says, when you go to war in your land, we've looked at that extensively. We've looked at the seven pillars of spiritual warfare. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. And I've told us before, when you go to war, he didn't say if you go to war. When you go to war, there will be occasions when we'll engage in warfare, especially if you want to enter into your inheritance. At this point in time, Israel was, they were on their way. They were about to embark on the journey that would take them to Kadesh Barnea, the border city, the border town of the promised land of Canaan. And God was warning them, when you go to war in your land against your enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets. Can I say this? If you're not ready to engage in warfare, it will be very difficult, very challenging for you to enter into inheritance. Because there's an enemy of your soul who is taking a stand, who wants to ensure that you are deprived of what God has ordained for you. And God says, be ready for warfare. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm. I must also say this. God spoke to us in the scriptures in the New Testament, said, fight the good fight of faith. So we're not talking about fighting people here. We're not talking about facing people and say, oh yes, so and so is my enemy. I must be ready to go to war with him or with her. No way that is not scriptures. Israel fought physical enemy. Ours is not physical enemy, but the enemy of our soul. When you go to war, our fight is a fight of faith. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. These are principalities. These are powers. These are rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So we're fighting against flesh. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So you say, when you go to war and you land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you'll sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you'll be remembered before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. Verse number 10. Also, in the day of your gladness, we've looked at that. Now we're looking at in your appointed feast, the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, at the beginning of your months. Isn't it instructive that the day of gladness followed when you go following warfare? Meaning that God's intention, that even when we engage in warfare, that, that our test should result into testimonies. Hello, that our test should result into testimonies. I want you to know we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting for victory. We're not struggling to win this battle. The battle has already been lost and won on the cross of Calvary. Jesus defeated Satan. He rose from the dead and is alive forevermore. So we are not battling and struggling. The struggle is so much. Oh, that is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about taking our place in Christ. Taking your place in God. And start to use the name of Jesus. And start to use the blood of Jesus. And the word of God, which is the sort of a spirit 
to ensure that the enemy is defeated and God's people are victorious. And that will lead to the day of your gladness. When you will return like the 10th leper. Remember the 10th leper? You will return like the 10th leper to say, oh, come and see what the Lord has done. He has destroyed the works of Satan. He has given us victory. That's why we sing, oh, say, yeah. And in your appointed feast, what are those appointed feasts? We've looked at Passover. We looked at Passover last week. And we'll continue today by looking at Pentecost. In your appointed feast, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your bond offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And there shall be a memorial for you before God. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Out it takes us to uh, Leviticus 23, where the feasts were further explained. Last week we saw Exodus 23, where <clears throat> the Bible spoke about three feasts that must be celebrated. But now we're looking at uh, going to Leviticus 23, and we will see the feast further explained there. Uh, from verse number 1, Leviticus 23, from verse number 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, note that again. Numbers 10, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Leviticus 23, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, can you see something there? The, these things were not just deduced. They were not just... Uh, they were not just, they were not cunningly devised fables. They didn't just, they, 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 they didn't just start, they, they, the things were not just started. It was according to the word of the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, 23, verse number 2, Speak to the children of Israel, meaning that what he was to say to them were to come from him. And he said, the feast of the Lord. So this feast are the feast of the Lord, not the feast of Moses. The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. Verse number three. Six days shall you shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Because God himself, at, during creation, Work for six days. And on, on the seventh day, the Bible says he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he finished. But you will need to also take rest from time to time to push back. You can't just be working seven days a week. You will burn out. You will wear out. You're supposed to come after a while. You walk, then take time apart. Take time as rest your body, rest your spirit, so that you can recuperate and be ready to continue. So six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn rest. A holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And then verse number four. These are the feasts of the Lord. Holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed time. And the very first feast mentioned there is actually Passover. We looked at it last week. The feast of the Lord. Holy convocations which shall be proclaimed at their appointed times. On the 14th day of the first month, at twilight is the Lord's Passover. 
We looked at that extensively last week about the Passover. When God gave them the Passover, they were in Egypt. They were bound by the gods of Egypt, not just Pharaoh, the king ruling over Egypt. It was far beyond Pharaoh. Sometimes, you know, when we're having issues with physical elements, learn to escalate it to the realm of the spirit. There are things, there are forces behind those physical elements that were producing the physical difficulties you're experiencing. You know, they were looking at Pharaoh, but God saw that it was beyond Pharaoh, that there were gods of Egypt holding them bound. And every effort to talk to Pharaoh failed. And God said, yes, I know what I will do. I will institute the Passover. It will be the beginning of months for you. And he instituted the bread, told them what to do, and they were to sacrifice, make a sacrifice to him. He gave them the instruction, put the mark of the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. The moment the blood was brought in, oh, wow, the blood. No gods who have power against the blood. And thank God for the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And do you know before he went to the cross, he also gave us the communion. He gave us the, 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 you know, the elements of the communion, the bread and the wine. That as we apply it also, we can break every backbone. That's why today is so strategic. Because yesterday, the announcement was made of what? Of the, 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 the scaling back of the restriction because of the, what the government felt as the COVID-19 trying to rise up again. But we are taking a stand against that. In the name of Jesus, taking the bread, taking the wine, coming against it in Jesus, breaking the backbone of these things, and declare that our land is a no-go area for COVID-19 in Jesus' name. Amen. On the fourth day, 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. Let's go to verse 15. Verse 15. It reads, and I quote, you shall count for yourself. Because we're looking at, in Leviticus 23, you, there are seven feasts mentioned there. But we're looking at three, the three most important ones. And this is the second one we're looking at. You shall count for yourself from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, Seven Sabbaths shall be completed. That means count seven Sabbaths after the Passover. Let's continue. Verse 16. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. 17. Then you shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked and living. They are the first fruits to the Lord. You shall offer with bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull, two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord with their grain offering and their drink offering, an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. 19. Then you shall sacrifice one kid, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, Two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the first, first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. 21. You shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it. 
shall be a statue forever in your dwellings throughout your generations. Let me read this to you from the Good News Translation. 15. Count seven full weeks. From the day after the Sabbath, on which you shall bring your sheaf of grain to present to the Lord. On the 58th day, the day after the seventh Sabbath, present to the Lord another new offering of grain. Each family is to bring two loaves of bread and present them to the Lord as a special gift. Each loaf shall be made of four pounds of flour, baked with yeast, shall be presented to the Lord as an offering of the first grain to be harvested. Verse 18, and with the bread, the community is to present seven one-year lambs, two, one bull, three, two rams, none of which may have any defects. That means you can't present a ram or a bull with one eye. You can't present a ram or a bull that is sick. You can't bring any ram or anything to him without defect because you want a full package, a full blessing. You don't want the one that is defective. You want the one, the one with defects. And he said, verse 19, also offer one male goat as a sin offering, two one-year-old male lambs as a fellowship offering. And the priest shall present the bread with the two lambs as a special gift to the Lord for the priest. These offerings are holy. When I was going through this, something struck me that God indeed knows how to celebrate. Hello? Look at it. Bring seven one-year lambs. Bring one bull. Bring two rams without any defect. Bring a male goat. Bring two one-year lambs for different purposes. But this, you will agree with me, these are huge celebrations. Seven one-year lambs, maybe to just uh, uh, two, three families together. Another three, four families, another committee bringing that again. You can imagine the kind of celebration that will be going on there. God knows how to celebrate. But remember this. He said, count 50 days. Count 50 days. That is the Feast of Weeks. Or in the New Testament, Feast of Passover. Feast of Passover. They were to count 50 days. Or count seven Sabbath. Seven times seven is 49. And then on the, other, the, 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 the 50th day, they were now to go into that celebration. Praise God. Passover in April. 50 days after, you have Pentecost, where they were to celebrate again. What were they to celebrate? God's faithfulness. Amen. Learn to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. What were to celebrate? The testimonies of God's victory for them. Learn to rejoice when God has done some things for you. I said earlier on, don't look at the testimony and say, oh, well, my testimony is small. There's really nothing much. Don't have that kind of mindset. You know, whatever God has done, learn to say thank you. It might be small. What is small today will become big tomorrow. Is having a heart of gratitude. God is not looking for whether something is small or something is big. God is looking for your heart, a heart of gratitude, a heart that says thank you for what he has done. And when you learn to say thank you in small things, you have come to say thank you in big things. I'll repeat, when you learn to say thank you in small things, you have come to say thank you in big things. 
and many times God will start with you small. Hello, did you notice that you are not born an adult? Everybody, you, are, you come into this world as what? A baby, completely vulnerable. If the baby cannot do anything for himself or for herself, everything is done for the baby completely. Then you start to grow. They start to increase. Yeah, now you are 16 year old. Now you are 17 year old. Now you are 18 year old. Some of us, I remember some of the young ones in church, they were, they were in school, they were in high school. Suddenly I look at them now, they're now in uni. You know, uh, uh, I remember some of them going to uh, children's church. Now it's time to go, to, they're, they're all going to children's church. But they've all left children's church now. They have, some of them are even almost as tall as me, or even not, not taller now. Amen? They, because they've grown. They've grown. But they were not like that 10 years ago. They were not like that 5 years ago. So that is where God works. He will start with you small. Maybe a little testimony here. A little, then it, things will increase. Especially with gratitude. So gratitude is the ingredient that will cause testimonies to increase in your life. He gave them this feast as an avenue to express their gratitude to God for what, in the thing that he's been doing for them. But beyond things, he also gave them so that they'll be grateful to the world, the giver of the gifts. Not just for the thing that he has done, also for the world doing the things. Because we must, they, 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 we must separate them. We thank God for things. We thank God for provisions. We thank God for the thing that he has done for us. But we must never forget to thank the one, the provider of the provisions. The one who supplies the needs. The one who answers prayers. You have the heart of, because the essence of this feast is uh, to celebrate the goodness of God and the one who has been good to them. So he gave them the feast to celebrate. And remember what he said to them. He said, they are holy convocation. These, when these sacrifices were made, you know, that it, this sacrifice or this feast are holy convocations unto him. Meaning that they were to be set apart. They were his. He, he, God delighted in them. And I want to say that he still delights in them right now. Amen. Amen. You know, they were called here, they were not called Pentecost in, in Leviticus. They were called the Feast of Weeks. Because seven Sundays after Passover, they were eventually called Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, from verse number 1. And I want to take us there. Acts 2, from um, Acts, the book of Acts, where eventually you find this feast and the significance which I want to bring out. Let's start from Acts chapter 1, from verse 9 to 14. Acts 1, 9 to 14. I'll read. It reads and I quote. Now when he has spoken these things, why the world? Jesus had just, been, had just ascended to heaven. They watched his ascension. They must have been disappointed. That wait a minute. He's gone back. He's left them. Now why, when he has spoken these things, why the watch? It was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. They saw him depart. It was not a cunningly devised fable. They were there. They witnessed it. They watched him. Then verse number 10. 
But while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, looking up, as they went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. I believe these were angels. Stood by them in white apparel and spoke to them. Verse 11. Who also said, men of Galilee. Remember, these disciples were from Galilee. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Let me repeat that. The same way Jesus departed will be the same way that he will return. The same way this same Jesus who was taken up into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Verse number Let's continue verse number 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. 13. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room. They didn't go back to their various homes. They returned to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas. Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judah the son of James. This, we're not talking about Judas Iscariot here. You know what happened to Judas Iscariot? He has already what? First, he left the fold. You know, he believed some a lie, and eventually the enemy took advantage. And instead of him to return, he went and killed himself. So this is not Judas Iscariot. This is Judah the son of James. And quite interestingly, he was the only disciple not from Galilee. He was the only one not from Galilee among the twelve. So Judas the son of James, verse number 14. This all continued with one accord in prayers and supplication with women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Meaning that they were not just twelve. They were now many of... Let's go to verse 15. Let me take you to verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. So they've gone beyond the 12 now. They've now become 120. Others have joined them. They've all gone to the upper room. Acts chapter 2 from verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Remember, we're talking about the Feast of Pentecost which was called the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and was sat upon each other of them. Can you see that? I want to go to verse number two. There appeared to them divided Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So they were not staggering around. When the Holy Spirit came, they were still seated. They were still in control because the spirit of a, is the, 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 the spirit of a man is what? Subject to the man. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit, some, I know, sometimes there are manifestations, but be very careful. When the Holy Spirit is on, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, oh yes, and people are doing like this. Be very, very careful of that. They were still sitting. They were in control. Self-control was still there. They were not staggering up and down. Hello? They were not staggering up and down. They were seated as the Holy Ghost came down. Let's continue. Verse number three. Then there appeared to them 
divided thong as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other thongs as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me read this to you from the TPT version of the Bible. Acts chapter number 2. I like it in the TPT version. Acts 2 uh, from verse number 1. The TPT version, that is the Passion Translation. So on the day of on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, that means that on this particular day, God chose the day of Pentecost, that they would normally come to celebrate the Feast of Weeks to pour out the Spirit. On the day the Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered together in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Heaven invaded the earth. And the roar of the wind was so overwhelming, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed them. You know, each one of them, you know, uh, spattering lips, you know, smattering tongues, not being able to, 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 to speak. Suddenly, this, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And the Holy Ghost, you know, the tongue of fire was on their tongue. And suddenly this unlearned, this uneducated, this poor folks from Galilee became mighty men. Oh, mighty men that God eventually used later. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and they were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in tongues that they had never learned. That means you don't go to school to learn to speak in tongues. And I pray for you this morning. If you have not learned, if maybe you have not been able to speak in tongues, I will pray for you. The Lord will empower you, you and you will be able to. Seven key things happened here. Listen to me. I said all that I've said earlier on to bring us to this moment. This is a vital moment in this message because God spoke to my heart. He said, Pentecost, the experience of Pentecost was never intended to be a one-off. Never intended to be a one-off. Now we remember Pentecost. Thank God for that. And we look back to what happened there. But I'm telling you, the, it was, the, what happened there was actually meant to continue to encourage us and prepare us for continuous outpouring from season to season, time for time, for what God ordained to do in that particular season. So we can look at what happened there as a template. Because right now, look at the nations of the world. I believe the nations are ripe for the harvest. I believe the time for another awakening is come. I believe now that everyone, you know, you know what? Sometimes we need to look back at this period. Yes, COVID-19 has been a bit uncomfortable. But one thing that you agree with me that COVID-19 has done is that we cannot return doing the same thing we've been doing before COVID-19 started. There's definitely some things that need to change, not just with government, with individuals, with churches. Everywhere, there must be a change. 
Because what God never intended, he would never allow. God must allow, allow this for a particular reason so that the church can return to the way, to the, to the way God ordained it. God started the church the way he wanted it. Now he wants to start the way he started it. We can't continue doing things the same. If you want to say, okay, to just continue the same way you've been, I'm telling you, you'll be left behind in God's plan. Some things need to change. What is God saying to you must change. What have you been doing before that you need to look at now and say, wait a minute, I can't do this again because I need to be repositioned now for what God wants to do in this season. Number one, the Bible says they return to the upper room with one accord in prayers. They return to the upper room in one accord in prayers. The word accord is the word symphony, is the word agreement, is the word harmony. It's like an orchestra being played. And even though there are different instruments being played, all of them are bringing out a, a, you know, a particular sound in harmony with one another. These people are from different families. I'm sure with different needs. I'm sure with different situations and circumstances. But they were in one accord. Satan always will go. Satan has been so effective going after agreement in the church. Agreement in the church. Causing discord instead of being in accord. No wonder many times the heaven is shut off. The heaven is shut off. They returned to the upper room with one accord. They returned to the upper room with one accord. And the Bible says, do you know what? There were 120 there. But you know what Jesus said? That if two of you shall agree. <laughs> if two of you shall agree. And can you imagine agreement amongst 120? You know, what will it produce? Jesus said, if two of you shall agree, as to touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. I stand there as a servant of God. I stand here as a prophetic voice to tell us that it's time for us. One, as individuals. Two, as families. Three, as a church to return to the upper room. It's time for you to return to the upper room. Return to the upper room. When I say upper room, what does that mean? Return to the place of prayers. Create an upper room in your own home. Create an upper room in your own place. But I'm not, I, I, I'm living in a single uh, building. I don't have an upper room there. You can create upper room anywhere. It's not whether it's up or down or in the basement or in the, in the, in the whatever it is, is the place you have designated. And say, I'm in this place, or this time, or my life, I'm, I'm going back to the place of prayers. I'm going back to the Let me warn you. Let me say this to you. Knowledge, understanding can take you thus far. Hello. But there's a place you will never enter into if you don't engage with heaven to intervene in your affairs. If you don't engage in heaven to intervene in your affairs, you'll be stuck at one point. The soul can take you thus far. Intellect will take you thus far. Knowledge will take you thus far. Will will take you thus far. But it will get to a point when it cannot go further. Because there are things that only heaven will give the answer and can provide the answer to. 
it's time for the church to return to the upper room. At the beginning of this year, there was no COVID-19. The Lord spoke clearly to me and said, this year is a year that I would like you to dedicate it to prayers. By the time COVID issues struck in March, it was like, wow, God has been preparing us. And it's important that as a church, the city of refuge, we need to take it more seriously than ever. Not just even as a church, but individuals return to the upper room in your own home, in your own family. Return to the upper room. Return to the upper room. The future are for those who will pray. And if you refuse to pray, be ready to be a prey. If you refuse, say, oh, no, I don't have time, I'm so busy, then be ready for the consequences of it. Because choices have consequences. They return to the upper room with one accord in prayers. Number two, heavens opened over there. And there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which filled each one of them, and they began to speak in tongues. You know, thong, speaking in thong is not a psychedelic thing. Thong is a prayer language. Thong is a supernatural utterance in an unknown language, a language you have never learned before. It's a primary prayer language for the believer because you bypass Satan, you bypass people, you are talking directly to your God. It's important that you know how to pray in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, if you have not been baptized, the time has come for you to be baptized and to receive that baptism that will enable you to pray in tongues. Suddenly, let me read to you again verse number 2, from verse 2, typity. says, suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Heaven invaded the earth. Why? Because the earth touched heaven through their prayers. As the earth touched heaven through prayers, and heavenward invaded the earth. Let me tell you, God will not intervene in the affairs of the earth until the earth is, is what? It's called on heaven to intervene. Because the heavens and the heavens belong to God, but the earth is given to what? The sons of men. If you don't invite him, he will not intervene. Our prayers is sending invitation to God to intervene in our personal life, in our circumstances, in our situations, and in, in whatever it is that is confronting you. That is why you cannot joke with your prayers. And the roar of the wind was so overpowering. Can I also say this? There's no problem on earth that heaven does not have solution to. I said there's no problem on earth that does not have, heaven does not have what? Solution to. Because God has been here before anybody was created. And he will be here long after we are all gone. Hello? Praise God. There was a raw wind. So overpowering. It was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Number three, the supernatural power of God to transform life was released. It was at Pentecost that the supernatural power of God to transform life was released. Acts 4.13 says, 
Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and unlearned men, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Remember Peter. Peter, when Jesus was arrested and they were in the house of the high priest and one little girl said, you look like them. Peter denied. He denied. He said, no. No. I don't know the man. Another one approached him. Even your language, you're talking like a Galilean. Peter denied. You know, it's difficult to change your tongue at the age of 50. Peter denied. He said, no. He said, but you, you sound like them. Three times, Peter denied Jesus. And then the cock what? Crowd. And then Jesus looked back. And their eyes met, and Peter remembered that the cup would go three times, and you're going to deny me. I mean, you deny me three times before the cup will what? Curl. And Peter remembered, and Peter wept and wept and wept. The same Peter that denied his master, denied his law before little, three, three little girls. Something happened to Peter at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And the Bible says that this, it was not one. Rising up to speak boldly, declaring God's word. We'll see that one later. The power to transform life was released at Pentecost. That's what happens whenever the church will return to the upper room. Heavens will open. The power to transform life will be released. The reason why sometimes lives are not being transformed is because heaven is not what? Opening up. Because people have not returned to the upper room. Again, return to the upper room. Return to the upper room. The solution to the issues, to the problems, to the challenges that you're facing is in God. God will release the solution when you're on speaking terms with him. Amen. And I'm not saying when I say speaking terms, that's deliberate. That you don't return and go, oh, you know, Pastor said, we should pray now. And I've just gone, oh, Lord, go, 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 go. oh, yeah, it's, it's 20 minutes, go, go. then you, you rush out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you fellowshipping with him. I'm talking about you having transaction and interaction with him. I'm talking about you speaking to him and God speaking to you. Can I say this? That you have not fully prayed. And you have not truly prayed when the Father, when you are not hearing from him at all. God wants to respond to your prayers. I said, God wants to respond to your prayers. They went back. There was a response from heaven. In the same way, God wants to respond, respond to your prayers when you pray. The supernatural power of God. Same Peter was transformed. Not just Peter. Then all of that. Something happened to Peter at Pentecost. Something will happen to you when you return to the upper room. Number four, suddenly, let's go to Acts chapter number two, five to twelve. Acts two from verse number five to twelve. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Amen. Devout men from what? Every nation where? And they were dwelling in Jerusalem. I believe that maybe some Aussies too must have showed up there. Because it says every nation under heaven. Praise God. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Verse number six. And when this sound occurred, 
the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Verse 7. They were, then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all those who speak what? Galileans. Let me stop there. You know, at this time, Galileans were like the poor of the poorest. Galileans were looked down upon because a lot of them, many times, they were not educated. Galileans were not educated. So it, it was an amazement to them. How can people who are not educated, how can people who are uncultured now be able to speak multiple languages? Because in those days, being able to speak multiple is, an, is a sign of education. Sign of, oh, this, this is it, like, what a minute, what has happened to these people? Not all those who, look, are not all those who speak Galileans? Verse number eight. And how is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Can you see? Asia. Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. That's why I know there's nothing the enemy can do. The Arabs are coming in. I said there's nothing Satan can do. The Arabs are coming in. Oh, in the fullness of time, the Arabs are coming into the kingdom. You go and mark it. You go, but how about the how about all the conflict there? Oil will always attract conflict, either spiritual or natural. The reason why you find all the conflict is because of the oil there. Even oil in the spirit will attract conflict. The moment Jesus stepped out, and when the Father announced, This is my beloved son, in whom I were pleased, what happened? Conflict. Conflict. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Let's continue. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking. So some people, were, even in those days, some people were mocking. And they are full of what? New wine. What is the lesson there? What happened in the upper room eventually impacted their society and the power to transform their environment was released. I'll repeat. Their society was impacted. The power to transform their environment was released. Suddenly, those who were on the streets were now hearing it. What is happening here? What happened there did not just remain in the upper room. It's a terrible lie that Satan sold to the church that when you are a Christian, you go to church, you prophesy in church, you stay in church, you behave well in church. Have you noticed everybody behaves well in church? Everybody behaves well in church. We come there, you know, everybody behaves well in church. You know? And after church, people say, well, we're out of church now. Who told you that? You are the church. What well, We just went to the building to meet. Whether you are there on Sunday, whether you are at work on Monday, wherever you are, you are the church. You are the church. So what happened in the classroom must get to where? What happened in the church or in the upper room must get to the classroom. Must get there. So whatsoever God has impacted you with on Sunday must get to wherever you are on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. The Bible says we are the ambassadors of Christ. And he's pleading through us to reconcile the world to himself. Is a lie. 
that we stay in church and that ends it. That we can be angels in church, then we can be what? Whatever on Monday, whatever on Tuesday, whatever on, 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 on Wednesday. Or like, oh yeah, when pastor is there, everybody behaves well. The moment pastor turns his back, then you can be anything. But Jehovah is there. Jehovah sees. Jehovah knows. God sees. God sees. Pastor might not be there on Monday. Pastor might not be there on Tuesday. How about God? Is God not there on Monday? Is God not there on Tuesday? Somebody say, you know, pastor is not here now. So, you know, it's not about pastor at all. Hello? It's not about pastor. It's a lie that the enemy has sold. That we go to church, we sing, we behave well for two hours. Then we go out and be anything. No, 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 no. We are the church. When we go out, we carry the unction. We carry the grace. We carry whatever God has done for us to uh, what? To the outside. That's why the, ma- the Bible says that, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2, it said, this is the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw. This is the word. Not just that the word he had, the word he saw, meaning that something happened to Isaiah that transformed his spirit. When you start to see the word, you're not just seeing with your natural eye, you're seeing with the eye of the spirit. The word that Isaiah saw, the heart from God, imparted the spirit, and he started seeing it with the eye of the spirit. And Isaiah prophesied that the mountain, that this shall come to pass in the last days, that the mountains of the house of the Lord shall be what? Established and shall be exalted above all other hills and what and the nations will flow into it and many will come come and teach us the ways of the lord hallelujah i'm telling you i declare it again the mountain of the house of the lord on the various mountains is it sport? Is it media? Is it medical? Is it judiciary? Is it economy? Is it family? The mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established and shall be exalted above all hills and the nations will flow into it. Amen. It is important. We cannot just be in church and be talking in church and be prophesying in church and be preaching in church. And then outside, there's no difference. Outside, there's no difference. Sometimes people say, oh, look at, uh, you know, uh, I want to see. I want to see, no matter how big a congregation is. I want, I, I'm, in, I'm not interested on in how large the congregation is. I'm interested in what impact the people in that congregation are making in their society and in their environment. Because you cannot be an island of prosperity in a sinking sand of poverty. You cannot just be, oh, yes, we are this well, well, 500, we are 1,000, we are whatever it is the number is, and then we, we, we have no impact at all in our society. Nothing has been done. The people outside do not even know many of us are Christians. Because when we get to what they swear, we swear. Whatever they do, we do. There's no change. Then how do you witness? But, but Pastor, are you saying we should not go back? to a place of work and start to preach to them, you don't need to preach to anybody. You just live the life. You don't need to preach. By living the life, they will come to you. By living the life, they will come and say, there's something different about you. There's something different about you. And you know, the Holy Ghost will start to work with you. I had an experience this past week. I had to go and change the, 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 uh, the, the uh, screen 
protector of my phone. Because sometimes I have some, 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 some friends who handle my phones, and then uh, they have a way of looking at it. They play this on, uh, you know, and, and, it, and it's okay. Praise God. And, it, and I felt, hey, I need, because the, the, the skin protector was wearing out. And I, and I took it back to the person who gave, who changed it. That, that was sometimes last year. And I got there and I said, please, uh, because when he was changing it, he didn't do a very good job. But it was a good enough job. And he said, why don't you use this for a while and come back so that I can change it for you free of charge? That's what he said. That was last year. And I continued to use it as I thought it was doing well. But the last, this last week I felt, oh, I think I should change it. And I took the phone back to him, the same person. And I said, please, um, I've come. Do you remember me? Because it was months ago. It was over about a year ago. And I was like, hey, I hope you will remember. I checked the receipt. There was no promise. There was no commitment there. And I got there and I said, please, uh, I would like you to change this, uh, this cover for me. You said this, you said that. And he said, yes, I remember. I said, I promise you that. I remember what I said to you. I remember you. And I was like, wow, you remember everything? He said, yes, I remember. And he now said, he said, I remember. And I said, and I now told him, he said, you must have a fantastic memory. And he told me, he said, no. He said, when you came, something. Because the guy is not, you know, a Christian. He said, something reminded me everything about you. Reminded me about what I told you. Reminded me about the promise I made to you. At that point in time, I felt the presence of God. So, who? He said something. Just reminded me. I knew that must have been God. I knew that must have been the Holy Spirit. I knew that that was God working with me. And he, not only did he remind him, he was so, it was, it was like that, that, that same something that he mentioned made him to want to do the very best for me. And I'm telling you, it's only a man. If you don't know this God, that's when you say there's no God. Or you say that, oh, what are they talking about? I'm telling you, while standing there, I started praying, thanking him and appreciating God. In fact, the fear of God came more on me at that instance. How can a man, an unbeliever, said, I remember everything about you. I remember the promise I made. I remember what I said. He said, something told me. I said, you must have a good memory. He said, no. In fact, he said, I have a very poor memory. If I forget things a lot. But I don't know what happened concerning you. As you showed up, everything that I said, everything came back to me. Whoa. That must have been God. That must have been God. God wants us to carry presence to our society. Carry presence to our environment. So that whatever we have, whatever we carry, can start to transform people around us. Like I said, I didn't preach to him. But the man said, there's something about you. There's something about you. And I've, not had, I've had that experience a few times. There's somebody who just said, there's something about you. It's called presence. And presence is the ministry of angels. The, the more we walk closely with him, the more we walk with him, the more we release angelic activities around us. And I want to encourage you. It's not just meant for a few people. Is meant for the entire church. Amen. Their society. All these men said they, they had what was being spoken. 
you know, by these ordinary people. Verse number five, there was a bathing of the New Testament church. The New Testament church began. There was a church in the old, in the wilderness, the church in the Old Testament. But today, with the outpouring of the Spirit, there was a bathing of the New Testament church. There was a bathing. Remember, Jesus told the disciples, He said, I will what? Build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No gate of hell, no COVID 19, no coronavirus can prevail against the church that Jesus is building. That is why you should be where, wherever you're walking. Oh, we don't know what is happening. They say this thing is spiking. They say, don't ever listen to that. You are standing on the rock. If you belong to him, say, upon this rock, not upon Peter, upon this rock, the revelation of Christ again, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There was a new church. I'm telling you, the, the world is here to see the church that Jesus began on the day of Pentecost. It will emerge. It's a formidable church. It's a supernatural church. And there's no force on earth that is strong enough to stop this church. It's an unstoppable church because the greater one is living inside in God's people. In Jesus' name, it's just the time has come for us to unleash the power of the world living on our inside. To start to walk in the reality of the power of the world living on our inside. To walk in the presence of the world living on our inside. And to consciously tap into it to get things done on our behalf. In Jesus' name. Number six, there was a divine fulfillment of prophecy. Peter standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. I'm reading Acts 2, 14 to 19. Peter standing up. What you had, men of Judea, those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. Verse 15. For these are not drunk as is supposed, since it is only the third hour of the day. 16. But this is what was spoken by Prophet Joel. Hallelujah. Oh, when we return to the upper room, the prophetic words have been given. They will start to find fulfillment. Because all the forces that have been hindering them from being fulfilled will be cleared out in Jesus' name as they returned. Oh, heavens invaded the earth. And people who, who were even with that understanding, they were, they were making jests. And Peter said, he said, this is what was spoken by Prophet Joel. It shall come to pass. When? And we are in the last days. I thank God that I'm living in the very, very, I believe this generation is special. Because this is the last day generation. It's the finishing generation. Amen. That is why the enemy seems to be a great wrath against this generation. But Jesus said in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Let sons and daughters in the house start to prophesy. Amen. Prophesy. What is that? Supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Start to prophesy over your life. Look at yourself in the mirror and start to prophesy over yourself. You start to declare the words that God gave us. That this is a year of transformation for me. This is a year of transformation for me. Start to declare that God is making a way for me. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I'm fulfilling my destiny. My destiny will not be aborted. Start to prophesy that it's a season of harvest. 
Why they are talking Kobe, you'll be talking harvest. Why they are talking that they are down, you'll be talking that you are lifted up. Why they are talking that there is no provision, you'll be talking that God is making a way for you. That is the way to prophesy. Say what God is saying about the situation. Your young men shall what? See visions. Your old men shall do what? Dream dreams. And he said, on oh, no, my men servant. Everybody is covered. Young men, old men, men servant, maid servant. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall what? Prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Hmm. And it shall come to pass that whoever, I like that, whoever, wherever you are located, wherever you are located this morning, whether you are watching from America, or you are watching from Africa, or you are watching from within Australia, or you are watching from New Zealand, wherever you are watching, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. Whoever means whoever. Whoever means anyone. Then, you know, call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. And uh, look at it. I want to read verse number 19. It says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs in the earth, blood and fire and before. So I believe that the world is here to see wonders. Because the Bible says, here I am, and the children that God has given to me were for signs and wonders. Be ready for unleashing of signs and wonders into this generation, in the name of Jesus. Finally, let me end with this. The same promise of the Holy Spirit at pouring is still available to us today. That same promise. That's why I'm saying, let's return to the upper room. For the promise is still available to us. Because this promise is what? Is transgenerational. Hello goes beyond generations. This happened to them in their generation. This can happen to any generation that will return to the upper room. God will pour out the spirit again. Acts 2.39 For the promises to you, to your children, and to all who are what? Are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. This promise of Holy Spirit outpouring. Acts 2.39, for the promise is to you, to your children, to all, everybody say to all, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. I will end up, end here today. Today is communion service. And I want you to be ready with your bread and your wine. And first and foremost, I want us to bow before him. If there's any message that God is sharing with us this morning, this afternoon, this day, is to return to the upper room as individuals, as a family, and as a church. Maybe you're a leader in a church and you're watching this. Or maybe you're a pastor, you're watching it. Take the church back to the upper room. It's time for the church to return to the upper room. It's time for families to return to the upper room. It's time for individuals to return to the upper room. It's time. He said, for this promise is still available, that when you do your part, I will do my part, says the Spirit of the Lord. And not only that, 
to rededicate our hearts to him. To rededicate your life to him. Let him take preeminence. Let him take, become the one that is in charge. Everything that Moses did and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, can you see? Spoke to Moses saying, they didn't just go on a frolic of their own. They were obedient to God. Therefore, I want us to bow our heads, wherever you may be, this morning, this afternoon, because in some places it's morning, in other places it's evening, with us here it's entered afternoon. People who are watching from all over the globe, I want you right now in the name of Jesus, bow your head and rededicate your life to him. I want you to pray after me. Heavenly Father, I've heard your word. And I want to thank you for your word. I have come this day to rededicate my heart, rededicate my life to you. Have your way, rule and reign in Jesus' name. Anything, everything contrary to your plan, to your purpose, to your will, for me, for my family, for us as a church, in the name of Jesus, we cause them to be rooted out in Jesus' name. We establish, I establish over my life now your purpose, your plans, your will in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your purpose for my life will never, 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 never be aborted in Jesus' name. And Lord, I want to thank you. I therefore take the bread as a seal of this world, of what is taking place in my life. The supernatural release of the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread. Father, the power, the life of the flesh, and therefore the power then is in the blood. As we partake of this wine, representing the blood that was shed, let there be a cleansing. Let there be impartation of life, life and strength for the journey in the days ahead. Father, I also thank you for a cleansing. If there's anything, there's anything, anything, whatever it is, that is holding anyone bound. Just like the blood released the power that broke the hand of the gods of Egypt over the children of Israel. I said the transformative power in this wine, repre representing the blood, will break every contrary hold in anybody's life. And everyone who is partaking of it today, too, you will no longer walk, you will no longer go forward 
The unction of God is coming upon you. Listen to this prophetic word. The hand of God is coming upon you, and you will outrun every Ahab to the gates of Jezreel. In Jesus' name, go in this your might as a partake of the wine. Oh Lord our God, we want to thank you for this moment. Thank you for what was done, accomplished at Pentecost. Thank you so much because this is becoming a regular occurrence for your church. And as we return to the upper room, we will touch the throne room. Heavens will invade the earth. Unction will come upon us. Lives will be transformed. Our environment will be transformed. Jesus will be exalted. And he will draw men to himself. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Thank you, wonderful Lord, in Jesus' name. I look forward to seeing you next week, Sunday, as we conclude on this feast. I'm going to take you deeper. I'm taking you take you deeper so that you can lay hold on something stronger. It is time. The hand of God is coming upon you, and you will outrun every Ahab to the gates of Jezreel. In Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. I love you. And I will see you.